Welcome to the Business Intuition Podcast, the place where you can learn to trust your intuition to make business decisions without having to meditate for hours, wear crystals, or give up on coffee or wine. You don't have to leave your IQ at the door. Embrace intuitive intelligence to create a business that lights you up and finally experience the success that you deserve. So I'm very excited to have on the podcast today, Savio P. Clemente, who is a coach who works with cancer survivors to overcome the confusion and gain the clarity they need to get busy living in mind, body, and spirit. Now, um, I actually would like to share how I came across Savio. Um, he very kindly published an article on Authority Magazine that I wrote about um, how to overcome the fear of failure. Uh, and I actually don't think you can. <laughs> you just have to live with it. <laughs> That's in a nutshell. Um, so I'm very excited to introduce Savio today because also he has been interviewing himself. He has his own podcast, uh, which you can mention maybe Savio in a minute, the, the exact title. But he's interviewed celebrities, including Venus Williams, you know, um, and all sorts of wonderful people. He's been feature, uh, featured in the States on lots of... Um, uh, media including tv and i think he has a very interesting message but of course we have him today um uh, due to an, a story of intuition in business that he'd like to share but first of all savio um tell us a, a little bit what your business is about what you do with your clients sure uh, so thank you so much Ange, for inviting me to us uh, you know talk and speak today i really appreciate that um, so uh, my company is called the Human Resolve LLC. Um, so I'm a cancer survivor, uh, stage three. I was diagnosed in 2014 uh, with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, uh, a variant called diffuse large B-cell. Uh, it really was in my abdomen. Uh, and um, with the combination of both mainstream medicine, which is chemo, and also a whole bunch of holistic and integrative modalities, I was able to overcome the diagnosis in about four months. And I've been in remission. This December will be eight years. Um, so after I hit my five-year remission mark, I decided that life was trying to show me a different avenue and a different path. And I promised myself if I hit five years, not that it's a guarantee it won't come back, but it's less likely to come back, that I would do something with it. Uh, and so really the gist of it is I um, help and assist and coach cancer survivors through the journey of um, once they get the remission status. People think they're all good and dandy. And unless you've been through the cancer journey, you know that that's not true at all. Uh, and so we work a lot about mindset, emotional issues, um, spirituality. Um, just generally, I teach this, um, you know, it's, it's, it's called multiple brain, uh, brain integration, which is the head, heart, and gut, and how those three um, areas of our body have a certain level of consciousness and energy. Uh, that vibrates. And if we really tap into it and listen to it, it can actually guide us in, in the right directions. Uh, so in a nutshell, that's really uh, what I do with my clients. I'm also a syndicated columnist, which is how you and I connected. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to not only interview celebrities, but also get invited to various wellness-driven uh, events. Because of COVID, there's an upspring of that yes. here in the States, um, from South by Southwest to, to Consumer Electronics Show, 
uh, to the Global Wellness Summit. And I literally just got back from Italy. I was in South Tyrol at a wellness resort um, right on the border of Austria, which was really fantastic. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, just for our audience, you're located in the East Coast of America in New York, New York State or New York City. I'm not <laughs> Am I yeah. going to say something silly? <laughs> no, no, I, no, absolutely not. No, I'm actually in uh, in New York. I'm about 40 miles north of New York City. I used to live in New York City, but now I live in the suburbs. It's called Westchester County. It's a little sleepy town. So it gives me the, the, the advantages of both suburban and urban life, which I really love. Yeah, I have a bit the same because I come from Paris in France. Um, I now live near Bristol in a little village. And Bristol is quite a buoyant city, actually, even though it's probably not known very well outside of the UK. So I love exactly what you said, the combination of quiet life with the buzz of town, if you if you feel like it. That's quite a remarkable story and, and journey you've been on. And did you have yourself someone that you could lean on or that could be a guide? And I like that you mentioned spirituality as well, because I suppose when you have these big, scary uh, health crisis, I suppose, to put it this way, um, a lot of people feel the need to lean or to search for a meaning around what happened to them. Is that what happened to you? Or were you interested in spirituality before that? It's really interesting you asked that question. So I've always been curious about spirituality. So I grew up Catholic. My parents are from uh, Goa, India, which is in the Southwest, which is ruled by the Portuguese. So my name, my first and last name, when people look at me, they always confuse. They don't know. What, and when I yeah. say I'm from India, they're confused. Um, but that is, you know, where we're from. And so I grew up Catholic, um, but I knew, so I was an altar boy. I went to a Catholic elementary school for about eight years. I knew that there was a lot more that my soul was yearning for. And so um, even though I went to a Jesuit uh, university, I just knew in my, at the end of my freshman year that, that, uh, you know, Catholicism or just mainstream, um, you know, religion was really wasn't my calling. So I, I sought out and, and, and I seek different answers. And then it wasn't really until 1998, I had a cousin of mine who was 16, who went on a school trip and unfortunately never came home. He ended up drowning in the hotel swimming pool. Oh. It was very mysterious the way it happened because he was all by himself. And that's when my curiosity with life, death and the afterlife really um, took hold. Uh, I sought out, um, uh, you know, very, you know, various, um, uh, intuitives, uh, clairvoyants, uh, psychics. I was just really, really curious about how that process, you know, works. Even though the leanings um, of it was just very uh, evident in my life. I was a very sensitive child. I'm a Pisces. Uh, I'm an Aquarius cusp, um, and so all those things I kind of knew. And I remember researching and thinking, oh, and then you know, I looked up palmistry, and uh, you know, I have a um, you know, a, you know, unique palmer on both right and 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 left hands. Uh, and so I was just like, uh, I think um, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, is taking me uh, on a discovery. And so I just made it a point to go and search for the answers. I'm really sorry about your cousin and that that was the, you know, the starting point, but it's not that unusual. The I had myself, I, I, I had three brushes with death um, in 2001, just before I moved to the UK. And that definitely um, sped up <laughs> my my yearning for meaning. I was always fascinated about um, reincarnation before that, but raised a Catholic, so I'm raising my hand here. 
uh, Catholics don't do well with reincarnation at least they they carved it out let's put it this way I'm, I'm going to leave it out there for people who might want to look into this um, so how long have you been doing what you're doing you said it was from or, or year five of your remission, you started saying, okay, I'm going to do something. And what were you doing before? I'm really curious as well. Sure. So my background is IT. Uh, I have a business administration information systems background. So uh, I design websites. I worked for a lot of dot-coms back in the day, back in the 90s. I worked for a lot of startups. Um, and I was good at it. I really was. Like, I'm very good at project management, making sure things are working fine. I'm very good, have a very uh, you know clean eye and just making sure things just function well. But I didn't really love it. And I knew that I needed to do something bigger and grander. But when it comes to the realm of putting yourself out there, you have to be a very strong person or at least endeavor to become a strong person because you are the face of what you're trying to deliver, right? You putting out content is you. Uh, and so um, I wanted to actually overcome my own barriers in that area because I know one of my hindrances is I'm very good at being like emotionally driven and sensitive and spirituality and all that. But I've never been really good at living in the physical body, uh, even though I've like worked out and done exercises. I've never been really good at like um, um, becoming grounded, you know, and like nature and and whatnot is is something that I really kind of avoided. Um, uh, and you know, I gravitated more towards city life rather than nature. And even though I live where I live, I can't say I've taken advantage of it. So. A lot of my search really was trying to figure out what's my place in this world and um, what am I going to do after such a huge hard hit like cancer, uh, even though I felt I took it extremely well and every my family and friends really to, to some degree didn't even uh, pity me. <laughs> they were just like, I know you're going to get through this. I, we just know you are. And even though that was comforting, um, in the back of your mind, you are thinking to yourself, well, what if I don't, right? And so those mm. doubts, you know, crept in as well. Mm. Yeah. I um, I can't imagine what it's like. Um, I, I try to be there for people who I have known who have been through this journey. I think that's a steep learn learning curve as well. Um, because people are afraid to talk to you when you have cancer, aren't they? They're afraid to say this, the wrong thing. They don't know what they feel awkward. Uh, there's this whole, um, yeah, there's this whole elephant in the room that comes and, and messes things up. Have you found that yourself? 110% because, and that was really the impetus. So I'm also a best-selling author. My book, um, I actually have it here. I survived cancer and here is how I did it. It actually was an interview series. It was my first with Authority Magazine and Thrive Global. Um, and it um, was so overwhelming. I got, I interviewed over 200, at this point, over 200 cancer survivors. Uh, and in wow. the book, I, I take the stories of 35 of those and my own. Uh, and literally, um, I spoke from the heart and I, I wanted diversity, not only in the cancers, but as people, because I think yes. that's very important. Absolutely. Um, and what I found was such gems in the book about, like you mentioned, getting the support people not wanting to, this is a conversation starter. It allows people to feel like they're helping you, whether that they're company to the doctor's office, even though you think it's a small minor thing for them, it's, they're helping you. It's the only way they can help you because they can't help you any other way. They can't fix you. Um, yeah. And so for me, um, I've just found generally um, when people are very uncomfortable talking about um, health related issues is because they themselves 
don't know how to broach the conversation. Um, and so I, I think it's very important that we as humans try to connect on that deeper level rather than, you know, promising, um, you know, success. We should just really be present within the moment, which is very uncomfortable, but it's the only way I, I found uh, to get yeah, through. Day by day by day, or sometimes even hour by hour, right? 100%, 100%. Yeah. Wow. That sounds like an amazing book. So hopefully you've given me the link so that I can add it to the show notes. I don't do show notes on my, on my um, website. I do them in the episode itself. One of the reasons is that up to now, this, this is changing. I only worked one day a week in my business because I homeschooled my kids, but they're all going back to school this week <laughs> for the first time in seven years. And so I'm not sure I'll still do the, the show notes because it seems like a lot of work and not that necessary. I might change my mind, uh, but there's definitely, I put the links and a lot of information in the episode uh, themselves about my guests. So I'm going to ask the next question, but I think you've answered it on some level is, do you consider yourself intuitive? Yes. And have <laughs> you always, and have you always, that's another good one. I think I've always been someone um, who um, feels and senses and to some degree knows, not knows completely, but knows on some level. But I will say I was actually very scared of, of, of it, um, not scared in the sense of something foreboding or fearful, but scared that if I, um, if I actually um, feel into this, um, that it would take me on uh, directions that I might not feel comfortable going uh, because it takes course. courage it takes courage i mean my parents wanted me wanted you know it's the typical asian uh household they wanted me to become a doctor or a lawyer or whatnot uh you know they were happy with computers they they definitely were but i just knew working for an agency and working for those wasn't really my complete calling i knew that it was a stepping stone towards it and i can actually share a very interesting story so um i actually when i graduated college Things were just rapid. Like I really felt a sense of guidance on, on some level. Um, and so I just met some interesting people. I met this one guy named Eric. Um, actually, I met his friend who then introduced me to someone named Eric, who was in uh, uh, IT. That was back in the in in the U.S., back in the dot-com craze back in the 90s. They would pay <laughs> pay us a lot of money, young, young people, a lot of money in order to work for their startups and work for their dot-coms. Um, and uh, he was actually... Um, you know, we got to you know know each other really well. And he was, uh, you know, he had a friend who was a recruiter and he was, you know, he's like, what about this job? So he got me a job at a dot-com. And then, you know, he worked at that time in Wall Street and he's like, um, Sabe, I want you to come over. I want you to have lunch. You could work in, you know, our IT department. You could make a hell of a, I mean, a lot of money um, at your age. And I'm like, I'm like, so I go there and I have lunch and I'm like, Eric, I, I can't wear a suit, Eric. I can't, I can't do this life. I, I just... It just doesn't feel right to me. And he's like, but like you get all the perks and you, you know, and I'm like, yeah, Eric, I thank you, but no, thank you. And what ended up happening is he was on the hundredth and fourth floor for nine 11. He actually died oh, instantaneously. Mm. Uh, his, his body parts unfortunately were found. So that's how they identified him. But I'm, I just think back to listening to that inner voice. And I know if I was there that day, I probably would have died as well yeah. because literally the such... plane yeah. yeah it's it's kind of do you have guilt survivor's guilt or not i have survivor's guilt with cancer yes um i've lost but a lot with of the the with tyrus as well or um 
you know what, with the 9-11 incident, uh, yes, actually at the time, I mean, I, I was young, I was in like early 20s. And so I remember thinking to myself, wow, like this is just crazy. Like this not only could have been me, but like why him and not me and, and whatnot. And then I realized, you know, sometimes we just can't control what is meant to be, unfortunately. Um, I believe in destiny, but I also believe in free will. Um, and I also believe that um, you know, there's ways to overcome you know, people call it karma, cause and effect, whatever the case may be, there are ways and means to overcome that it takes a lot of energy and, and effort and input and thought and, and, you know, sensitivity and knowing. Um, but uh, I did have it for a long time. Um, and then I just came to terms with the fact that, that that's just his life, you know, his life stream. And this is my life yeah. stream. Yeah. I, I'm sorry I interrupted you, but it, it's, it's incredible. The parallels I see between us um near the catholic thing i was a lawyer <laughs> uh, and i actually was sharing today uh, i wrote an article um about how uh, intuition saved my life because i changed my mind about going on a shopping trip uh when i was about the age that you you know um you were when you decided not to go for that job and literally I found the same day at exactly the time I was going to go shopping in Paris in that particular shop, a bomb exploded, killing seven people and, and, and injuring 55 uh, people. So it's, it's smaller than the towers, but it's still pretty. Um, wow. So I think I like that we both have these stories that show that sometimes when something feels off, um, you don't get the explanation. You just have to trust. Yeah. And that's, that's where I think, spiritual fortitude takes place because it's not in the knowing it's sometimes in the figuring out right it's 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 that uncomfortable space between um what am i supposed to do and what i think i should do and listening to that voice um and so i i live by that principle it's a hard one to live by because it does um it does force you um to uh, grow uh, at a rapid rate but then people around you don't seem to come in the same so it takes a lot of um of energy and um and um really to a large degree takes a lot of courage i i completely agree with you and i say i i, I even said in the article today um intuition is not about learning about intuition it's learning to trust it because we already have it but we haven't been taught what it looks like we haven't been taught what to do with it and we haven't been taught to be courageous enough to act on it because it sometimes makes us look like fools. And it, yeah. I've certainly had my fair share of, of times when people have told me, you are a complete fool. Um, but then they came back to me six months later, three years later and said, you were right. We were wrong. Um, I don't usually say I told you so because it's an awful <laughs> and And I don't think there's a point. I think that if, if anything, I prefer to be like a beacon of light to inspire people to use their intuition. But this is why I'm so passionate about intuition because it saves lives. It's a, we, we wouldn't have not be talking you and I today. Was it not for intuition? And isn't that an amazing thing? I 100% agree with you. I mean, I could even aim a couple other things, even during this venture myself. I mean, there was people around me, they're like, you're comfortable. You're doing it. You're doing stuff that you graduated with college and honors and all that. And, um, now I coach cancer survivors. I interviewed two two hundred, um, you know, you know, survivors. I I um, have a best selling book. I, you know, I've interviewed celebrities. Now I go on. I 
you know, I get flown to cover different wellness retreats and experiences. Um, and so I feel like I'm living my passion, you know, and so I think it scares people when you have to trust that intuition because the, it isn't solidified, right? Intuition is really about um, like the mess and trying to figure out how that works for you. And I think people are just very comfortable with this is what I need to do and this is what I need to follow. And that's great. And I often tell people my path is definitely not yours and vice versa. So we just and really I also need to think trust. intuition looks different for everyone as well. So it's almost like you have to explore, do some inner work to be able to find out, you know, when this happens, uh, is this my intuition? Is it not? And it could be completely different for someone else. hundred percent. I think that there's a knowingness um, that you have to sort of, you know, work through because, you know, I believe that, you know, obviously we all uh, have an inclination towards goodness and, and light, but there's also dark and <laughs> uh, damp places, you know, that life sometimes shows us and we need to find, find a way to work through that as well. So it's not always, you know, love and light, um, which mm. I agree that there's a lot of it, but we also have to kind of work through the darkness in order to get to the light. Mm. Wow. Was there an, an, another story of intuition that you wanted to share or was, was that the one in you know, business? There's, there's, there's so many. No <laughs> I think that was, I think that was the pinnacle one because it really changed the, um, really changed the story of, 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 of my bio. Like I, I often like reflect back. I'm actually very good at being super objective with my life uh, and myself. I think that's a, uh, that's a superpower that I have is I can literally be in, in a situation, be really angry or really concerned in a situation and then literally take myself out of that situation and look at it from a, uh, from a different perspective. Um, but I would say that was the pinnacle because um, it really allowed me to say, okay, are you going to lean into what happened to you and who, who you were. I, and to this day, my extended family still doesn't know that in 2014, I had cancer. Like I didn't tell when I got diagnosed and I was in the hospital, I was, I was bedridden for a week. I had to go to the hospital for an additional week. So I was in there for two weeks because they had to put a nephrostomy tube and distend about six to seven liters of fluid from my abdomen. Um, and I remember, so my mom and my dad knew, I have two other sisters, they knew their their you know significant others knew their children knew but uh they're like you know we got to tell the cousins we got to tell the aunts and uncles and i'm like i don't want you to do that they're like why and i'm like i don't want to be a zoo animal here i, I you know mm -hmm. it's not like it's dire i'm not dying i mean it it was pretty bad i was stage three but i'm like if that happens then that's different uh, but to this day i didn't because i saw it and it doesn't make any sense to to people who don't have not gone through it but i felt guilty I felt like I caused it. I felt like, um, you know, probably spiritually, there was probably something there and we can talk about that. And I don't even know the answers to it, but just generally, I felt like I caused it and there was a lot of guilt um, and there was a lot of um, um, fear. There was a lot of anger, um, you know, within me. Um, but if I reflect back, I know that there was a lot of emotional turmoil that was happening. Uh, I was in a business with three other individuals. It ended really badly. Uh, it was actually a calling and something that I felt really good at. Um, I invested not only my time and energy, but financial um, you know, resources to it. Uh, and I just didn't have the courage, Ange. I didn't have the courage to confront it. I didn't have the courage to talk about it. Uh, and I'm not saying that I willed cancer on me, but I know that that was a, a definite part of my journey. So I think with the story of intuition, it's really about um, letting it go as well, because you know, spiritual 
you know, spirituality and, and spiritual fortitude teaches you that when things happen to you, you can sort of sift through it and try to make sense of it. But there comes a point where you also have to let that energy go, not let it go and forget about it, but let it go and, and then move on to the next realm or the next rug of your mountainous journey, I call it, you know, climbing that mountain. So um, yeah, I would say, I would say intuition really um, with this venture was really big because um, I had to actually find a way to make it make sense, right? I was confronting a lot of things. I mentioned to you that I'm, I'm, you know, I know I'm, I'm really good at interviewing. I know I'm really good at coaching, but to be front facing and do social media and go and 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 do podcasts and then do like a video podcast, it really stretches you. Um, and so I was like, well, I almost died, <laughs> so there's really nothing left <laughs> I can do um, except um, you know move forward with it. I guess it's a big leveler on, I, I don't know for sure, but does that make you look at your life in with a very critical eye and say, you know, that stays, that goes, that stays, that goes, or, or strip it to the bare bones? Mm -hmm. I think what's really interesting is that I think if I didn't, um, if I wasn't curious and didn't work on myself and work on, um, you know, so you know, full disclosure, I've seen clairvoyance, psychics, um, I've had, um, I mean, I think you're the only one I'm telling this to, but I've had over a hundred karmic readings. I've, uh, I know most of my past lives and what I did or didn't do. Uh, I didn't, I don't think if I had that base, I don't know if I would have um, been able to confront cancer the way I did. Um, you know, it was shocking, devastating to everyone around me, but to me, I almost saw it as this is the situation this is the challenge, whatever is the reason, the actual spiritual karmic reason for it, I don't know, but I do know that I have a choice. And the choice is I can take everything that I've learned and garnered and work through it and do the best I can in the real physical material world, which is the combination of both chemo and integrative modalities. And actually a good friend who uh, is into this sort of work, who I'm no longer friends with, unfortunately, she actually said to me, she had a conversation, she called me in the hospital. And she's like, are you sure you want to put your body through that it you know chemo is is like poison it's like going to ravage not only what it needs to but ravage also the good and i remember had to had to sit back and 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 really take stock of everything in my life because at that point i was 38 years old i'm 46 now uh and i what flashed through my head i don't know if you ever seen the movie with um keanu reeves called little buddha uh i think it was i have in, oh one of my favorite films yes so he was meditating with uh, um, some of the ascetics and he was there. I think he was living on one grain of rice. So he gave up all his worldly possessions, his family, everything else, all the lavishness. Um, and he was meditating. And then he heard while he was meditating two individuals on a boat. And one of them was like, they had an instrument. And one of them was like, if you hold the instrument and play it, if it's too tight, it, it, it'll snap. And if it's too loose, it won't play. The path is the middle way. And I remembered that flash of insight hit me. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm listening to someone who I really, really respect. And she, that's great truth in it. But my truth or the greater truth for me in that moment was finding the middle way. So I had a conversation with the medical director because she's like, I see that you're hesitant about this chemo. She's like, you really need to get it. She's like, I don't care what you do outside of this. And I'm like, oh, you don't care what I do outside of this? She goes, I, I don't, but you need the first round today. Otherwise you might not make it. Uh, and so I, I listened to my in, in, intuition um, and I'm here to live. Um, I'm here to tell the story that is. Mm. And what a gift for us. 
Oh, what a gift you. for us. Thank you. So where can people find you, um, Savio? Yeah, so they can find me uh, at uh, my website, thehumanresolve.com. Um, on there, I have my book. I also have a website called isurvivedcancer.co. On socials, you can find me at The Human Resolve. Uh, on LinkedIn, you can find me at Salvio P. Clementi. And I'm just starting TikTok, so you can find me at The Human Resolve as okay. well. Okay, lovely. Absolutely lovely. So this one question I ask all my guests at the end is, uh, what would you say to someone who is afraid to use their intuition in business? I think people are mistaken in the fact that they think they need to separate both worlds. I mean, of course, there's a certain decorum in business that you need to follow. And people will think you're a little strange if you end up talking about you know, things of a, philosoph a philosophical or, or spiritual nature. But I think really the main advice is you can blend the two in a very harmonious way. I think the key is to read the room, to know what's coming up for you and what's, you know, makes sense, but also to allow people to have their own journey. I think sometimes people feel like they found the truth and the truth is relevant for them, which is fantastic, but it might not be completely relevant for others because it's a discovery process. So I really think the key is to allow people to feel like they can be more human. And that's why my website's called The Human Resolve, because I think we've lost, uh, or at least we've forgotten um, that we are living a human experience rather than the other way around. So Absolutely. I would say it sounds simple, but it's really hard to practice because it requires, once again, the ability of, of courage, but also um, the ability to um, um, have, you know, compassionate and, you know, um, vulnerable conversations with individuals and I, I i think that the journey of someone who's living with cancer but also someone who coaches and correct me if i'm wrong it's it's like walking a rope right you're becoming I, and i don't know what the word is in english but i see you know these people who walk ropes in circuses where you have to take each step with so much mindfulness and and suss out where where's your next step etc um it's a balance and I, I like that you you talk about the middle way because i'm very much a middle way person um you know i sometimes say you know i'm not a hardcore business person even though i was a business lawyer uh but i'm not a unicorn either and i want to create a path for people who can you know walk the middle way that want both worlds why why should we have to choose between 100%. camps and and i think choosing and of course it's it's discovery right it's like a it's like an amplifier right you have to figure out kind of where where you sort of fit into that but i've done both i mean i literally have done the extreme of like living only spiritual and i talk about this in my book because one of the things that i mention in there is the fact that i thought my spirituality was the be and end all and cancer taught me i need to live into the physical as well like i can't just live into that mm -hmm. nebulous feeling, sensing spirituality, I need to actually have the human experience. And the human experience is a rough one. And I have to embrace that because I'm being poked and prodded. I'm, I have things shoved in me. Um, and the book really, um, and also my interviews with the cancer survivors really uh, shook me because I had blood, a blood cancer, but some of them lost their breasts. Some of them lost their throat. Some of them lost their, their, their they actually lost physical organs from their body. Um, and so it really made me um, 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 empathetic and, and humble to the process of the fact that you might be considered in remission. You're never 
when you have cancer, you're never considered cured. You're just in remission. It's like no evidence of disease, but you have to live with that. You have to come to terms with that and make peace with that. And that's a hard thing to do. I, I bow to you, Savia. I really do. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I just want to really find a way to have these conversations with individuals. And this is what I do on my own podcast. So I, I change the game. I basically coach for 30 minutes uh, uh, with cancer survivors um, on any topic of their choice. I don't even know what they're going to talk about until they come on. I have them actually have a topic because as we all know, coaching is a conversation with a purpose. Otherwise it's just a conversation and there's no purpose. Um, and I do that consciously because I think to a large degree, a lot of people feel like they have to put on um, an act or put on a persona. And I think COVID helped individuals get a little more um, um, into themselves, right? Get a little more touchy-feely, a little more concerned. Um, but I think we have a long way to go. And I include myself in that whole process. So I'm not you know, removing myself. I work on myself consistently and constantly. I, uh, a good friend of mine mentioned a long time ago that we're here to polish the facets of our character. And I live by that truth. And I will start, I will do that. And so I think it starts with um, embracing your, in, your imperfections, but also um, being really, really listening, right? This ability to just listen and not always feel like you have to figure it out right then and there. And I struggle with that consistently because my mind mm. <laughs> goes, you know, consistently on. Mm. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a real honor. Um, I'll stay in touch with you to, you know, work the fine details. Um, and I want to also thank our audience. Um, I guess if there are any cancer survivors that want to reach out, that would be wonderful, including maybe to get on your podcast. Um, and um, yeah, we'll be back for another episode next week. Thank you so much, everyone. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Intuition Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs. And go on to my website to download my free workbook, on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.